If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. Let's do it up. All right. So do I say this like it's a normal show? Uh, well, it's a mini episode. It's a mini episode. It's a mini episode. It's a tiny, nice little episode. It's Aww. like, uh, it's kind of like what the cheap parents give out on Halloween. Ooh, candy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. And that's Marcus Park. That's me. It's mini, so pretend we're small. Harry <laughs> 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 Zabrowski, you're dressed Go like the devil. Yourself. Whoa, what, <laughs> Go fuck yourself. What happened? S- second of all, yes, I am completely dressed up as Gary. I am wearing, um, I don't know if you can, can you see this? It is a podcast. We saw it. We did. So, yes, we did. You, you, he is showing us his underwear, his bright red, for some reason, tidy. Uh, no, well, not tidy white. It's a speedo. The speedo. That's yeah. what it is. I am getting Very dressed European. for a, a sequence in your pretty face is going to hell when I am uh, f- completely fully body sprayed, including up to my nutsack. Oh. Um, which they love to do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> they well, love it. Uh-oh. What am I getting on? A segue. <laughs> You're talking TV shows. We got a TV <laughs> show. <laughs> So today's episode, Marcus, what do we got going on here? The show The Alienist? Yeah, we got paid so you guys get extra content. Hey, all right. (laughs) That's pretty, no, this is just, it's like a regular episode. It's about 30 minutes long. Uh, But this is brought to you by The Alienist on TNT. What's The Alienist all about? Are aliens involved? No. No, No. they're not involved. Okay, that's, (laughs) no, it is confusing. I'm going to straight up say uh, out the the gate, it is confusing. All right. But at the same time. Thank you for your money, Alienist. <laughs> okay, so what's this thing all about? Well, today we're in honor of the Alienist. It's like set in Victorian times, but Ooh. it's in New York, but we're going to go back to London. If I was in Victoria times, if Victorian times, I'd get caught wearing corsets. <laughs> you know how fun that would be to crank it up? That'd be real fun. Oh my God, you would look like such a big drunk, screaming cannoli in a corset. Um, but yeah, the alien is like, here, it's starring Daniel Brühl, a.k.a. that's the guy who played the sniper in Glorious Bastards, uh-huh. and is created by Kerry Fukunaga, who's the only reason why True Detective was good in the first place. Yay, yeah. hey, all right. Yeah. I, didn't, I did not realize. Absolutely. I heard time is a flat circle. <laughs> is that true, Marcus? That is funny. It's it is very funny. funny. No, time doesn't funny. exist. It's a construct. Oh, but it's like a long thing. Time is a flat circle technically doesn't mean anything, but it's a True Detective. It was fun. It was fun at the time. It we all had fun at the time. It okay. all sounded good. Cool. And that's what mattered. I like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> well, what we're going to be covering today, we're going to be covering the multiple unsolved murders that surrounded the Jack the Ripper mystery and were ultimately overshadowed by the more compelling news story. 
All these stories were found in the Jack the Ripper casebook, the best resource on the internet for Jack the Ripper information, located at casebook.org. All right, check Thank it out. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Good plug, good plug. You see, what I also understand, these crimes are more interesting to me than the Jack the Ripper crimes. What made the Jack the Ripper crimes fun was the letters, but in the end, the press just sort of what we learned at the end of our longest series ever <laughs> was that they essentially asked for Jack the Ripper letters and they got them. Oh. Yeah. Well, to give you a little bit of a refresher, Jack the Ripper, the most notorious unidentified serial killer in history, murdered five women in 1888 in London. But the five canonical victims, Marianne Nichols, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes, and Mary Kelly were not the only women to meet a gruesome end in London in 1888. They weren't even the only ones to die horrific deaths in the years surrounding 1888. From 1887 to 1889, the torsos of six dismembered women were found in various locations around old London town. Oh my goodness gracious. That's a lot of torsos. It wasn't a good time. No. For anyone. It wasn't a good time for feet. Never mind just lives. Can you imagine just living just having shoes on was bad in 1888. I can't imagine being a lady when it's still hard to be a woman in 2017. There it I, is. That's well. Good thing it's 2018 now. <laughs> and, you know, the, oh man, did I miss a whole fucking year? <laughs> uh, just 16 days of one. That's not a big deal. I'm sorry. I'm just sitting here with my tiny little sugar packet dick and balls out in these little underpants. <laughs> it is a little distracting. I have to admit. Well, those torsos that were found between 1887 and 18. 18- 89 don't even count the torso found on Tottenham Court Road in 1884 or the torso found in the Thames in 1873 and the other one found in 1874. And to this day, we have no idea who the perpetrator or even who most of the victims were. It's just torsos. We got to look for someone who was in need of a torso. <laughs> Maybe a torsoless person possibly trying to replace and uh, wanting to use their torso. <laughs> September 5th, 1873, saw the discovery of one of the worst murders the city of London had ever seen. The whole thing started when just the left quarter of a woman's trunk was fished out of the Thames River by a patrolman. Hmm. Well, after they found that torso, later that day, a different policeman found the rest of the woman's torso floating off Brunswick Wharf. Then came the legs at Old Battersea Bridge. Then the day after that, back in the Thames, they found only a face Detached from the skull. Oh, my God. And you know they had to fight a seagull for it. (laughs) Yeah, most likely. Do you think what happened, maybe a tear in the bag, and then the person got home, he said, where are all the body parts? Oh, my gosh. And then he had to go retrace his steps. Oh, no. I knew I should never let old slippery Greg handle the goddamn body bag. (laughs) It's not me fault I was born with the slime on me. (laughs) Then... They found the right thigh, then the right shoulder, then the right breast, then the forearm, then the pelvis, until finally police had enough parts to put together an entire body. Wow. Yeah, and put it together they did. In an attempt to identify the woman, the acting chief surgeon for the Metropolitan Police, Dr. Thomas Bond, recommended that they try sewing the body parts together, then showcasing the body to the public to see if anyone recognized it. And that body became Giselle Bunchen, because she was made in a lab. (laughs) Made by science. Can you imagine Dr. Thomas Bond being like, wouldn't it just be like the creepiest fucking thing in the world? To just show these people. People be freaked out, right? Yeah, it's a great idea. It makes more jobs for police officers if people are scared. 
Also, when you say acting chief surgeon for the Metropolitan Police, it just sounds like he played by like a Hugh Dancy. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, maybe entertaining for the people, huh? Perhaps <laughs> entertainment. Now, Thomas Bond is interesting in that he was the chief surgeon for almost all the torso murders we're talking about today, in addition to being chief surgeon for the Jack the Ripper case. Is he a surgeon, though? I mean, they're already all passed away, right? What are you talking well, like, Yeah. Surgeon- well, he was doing he's- the autopsies. Yeah. Yeah. He's- I mean, I guess they call them coroners now. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, think- he used to do regular people surgeries too. I imagine. I don't know. Yeah, I should have looked that up. Well, <laughs> alienist. <laughs> well, Thomas Bond was also the person who put together the first Ripper profile, oh. making him one of, if not history's first, criminal profilers. But in the case of this murder, all Bond could do was say, "Stitch her up." And see what happens. Oh my Ugh. goodness! Does she come alive? <laughs> Let's just let it see how this plays out. I'm curious. Yeah, it reminds me of that movie. I believe it's called May, which was a good film. Yeah, yeah. A girl makes her it best. It is really pre- good. Yeah, it's scary, and, and I don't want to ruin the end, but. It does do what I just said. Does it do? Come alive? It does. Well, the person in charge of putting her together was the local police surgeon, Dr. Kimster. Mm. He estimated that the woman was about 40, had a burn scar on her left breast, and was most likely killed by a head injury. Hmm. You like how I put her together? <laughs> the alienist. Check out the show. TNT, it's dynamite. Now, after she was all put back together best they could, they made a general call to the public to see if anyone could identify the remains but since they didn't have a skull the best they could do with the face was to stretch it over a butcher's block oh that's not the best they could have done they could have gotten a rock they could have gotten some kind of basketball they had basketball i think in the 1880s now this may sound crude but it is actually among the first times a forensic facial reconstruction for the purposes of identification was ever attempted even if it was horrifically ghoulish and unsuccessful okay yeah they're just wiggling around a bunch of Scott sewed together body parts at, at random human beings. But what if it you works? You recognize this? <laughs> of course, no one recognized a disembodied face on a piece of wood, but plenty got an eyeful, specifically the local horror dealers who wanted to take a look so they could sketch the remains and sell little cards on the street. Ooh, okay. That's the business inside the business. I would have one of those. I would. I would have one now. Oh, I mean, if you look at you know, a lot of the uh, Jack the Ripper murders, these guys would go. They'd take a look at the crime scenes. They'd sketch it out, uh, and then they'd just sell them to people. They were huge sellers. These guys made a killing selling this stuff. Huh. So pretty much the only thing they could glean from the body was that it was dismembered by someone who obviously knew what they were doing. The joints were opened and the bones were disarticulated with the only sawing being the hip joints and the shoulders. So a surgeon again, like we're looking at the same thing like in Jack the Ripper, where you're basically like someone like that or someone who's a butcher, someone who's worked with meat before. More likely a butcher. Okay. But from the way either a butcher or a knacker. What's a knacker? Knacker is someone who just... uh, disposes of dead animals not necessarily for the purpose of uh butchering not necessarily for the purpose of meat they're just like say a dead horse say a horse dies you call in the knacker you call in a knacker and the knacker rips it apart and makes it all neat and then ships it off to wherever i'll get rid of it for you (laughs) i don't like you knacker what i don't understand is that also that that's not really a job 
that's more of like a horrible hobby. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That I guess you could make a job. I think they did, yeah. Yeah, and most people assumed it was a butcher, but one of the working theories at the time was that the whole thing was a prank by medical students who thought it would be funny to carve the face off a cadaver and throw it in the river. Well, I do get how that could lead to a laugh. <laughs> yeah, some hijinks. Yeah, yeah that's definitely the 1880s version of the movie Porky's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doctors are weird, demented people. Yeah. Let's be honest here. However, since there were Dr. no... Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> By the way, I watched that show. You're disgusting. Get, get I hate pimple town. popping videos. I know some people like them, but I do not like them. There's a show called Dr. Pimple Popper. Really? Yes. And in this episode, she removed a cyst, which isn't even a pimple. <laughs> but it oh, was I, so disgusting. Uh, it's like the videos that you forced me to watch, Marcus. It really is. But you're, watching them, watched, your own, you're watching them of your own volition now? It was on Spectrum Cable. So. <laughs> oh, I accidentally watched a video yesterday of someone squeezing a dog whose belly was all full of worms. Ugh. All the worms came out of its Wait belly. Wait a second. <laughs> accidentally? How do you stumble? Did you accidentally Google that? I don't know. It was on the internet and my fingers did the walking. <laughs> well, since there were no blood clots in any of the veins of the body and since the body was butchered before rigor mortis had set in, it was deduced that the woman had died pretty close to the time of her post-mortem surgery. Now, even though the police offered a 200-pound reward and a pardon for any accomplice that might have assisted in the crime, there were no takers, and the murder will likely stay unsolved forever. Wow. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because they offered such a heavy reward. It's a lot of money. 200 pounds. 200 pounds. Now, it, I, was an, I, it was an English <laughs> joke. It was an English oh, money joke. It was a joke. joke about their currency. I had to See, think about it for a second. And well, it was I, it was a little reader digest, a little reader's digest for everyone, but, but yeah. I understand. You gotta walk me through that one. I don't even get that one. But the next, what would they give them? A big rock? Two hundred pounds of weight. Pa- pounds is what like the fat. British currency. It's just a funny joke. It's just a funny joke. How would they give them two hundred pounds if it wasn't money? It could have been a big trophy. Oh, it could have I been see. anything. It's a joke. It's a visual, like a jokes. thinking joke where you take the information and you think about it, and it's funny. What you think about is right. funnier than any specific that I would do. The alienist, TNT. <laughs> but the next year, the killer struck again. The, this body had been divided down the spinal column and contained evidence that it had been de- decomposing in lime for a time before being dumped in the river. But for some reason, when the jury came back with whether or not it should be investigated as a murder, uh-huh. they left it as an open verdict, meaning uh-huh. they admitted it was suspicious, <laughs> yeah. but didn't say Jeez. it was an out-and-out murder. This is like, if you're the serial killer, you're like, give me that jury. <laughs> I want that jury 10 out of 10 times. I don't mean to, I don't mean to hold up a gum up the works, eh? But it's quite possible, there's a shadow of a doubt, that he had tripped and fallen on a lightsaber (laughs) and just cleaved himself. Just a deleted scene from Mission Impossible. It just walks right through all the lasers. <laughs> well, as we'll see throughout these cases, neither of these women was ever identified. Oh. No heads! And no wallet! <laughs> Think about that. They no had ID. to fight a dog for all these feet and hands and shit, and they had to get to the tour. And, like... Oh, God, <laughs> it's just it's rough. Yeah, We're no We're just heads. meat. Yeah. I was, I, I went to the, my, my organ place yesterday where I like <sighs> to eat, like, well, two or three days ago, I went to go eat organ meat, and they had whole octopus, right? And so I thought it would be a good idea, and it was like six, it was like a six pound I don't entire like it. octopus. Disgusting. And the, the waiter was like, like they always do, he's like, you should eat the head. 
because the head is special. It's very special. It's very unique. It's very delicious. Uh-huh. No, and that people don't normally eat it. So I was like, yeah, give it, give it to me. <laughs> and so I cut the top of the head off, and all the brains and the guts were still inside of it and so cooked inside of it. And when I ate it, the texture of the guts and the brains and the taste was so peculiar and weird. It was soft, and it tasted kind of like cinnamon mixed with tuna that I almost projectile vomit <laughs> at dinner. Why don't it you? Was, yeah, there's no way you enjoyed eating that. It was so wiggly and big and heavy. Ugh. It was like I was eating a baby's legs. You <laughs> eat like Hannibal. Hannibal Ugh. Lecter. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. The next torso murder came almost 10 years later in 1884. This time, the discovery of the torso came after that of the parts. On October 24th, citizens of London found a skull with most of the flesh stripped off, along with a big hunk of thigh left in the street. Oh. Then came the arm. Someone had tossed it over a railing, and with the arm came the only clue to her identity. 
a tattoo. And a tattoo meant that most likely the victim in this case was a sex worker. Why is that? Uh, Because back in those times, they assumed if you had a tattoo... You were a sex worker. You had to be oh. doing some something devious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tattoos oh. were not high, not high class. Ladies did not have tattoos. Everyone's got them now. now. Five days after the skull and thigh were found, a policeman found a brown paper parcel wrapped up and left in front of thirty three Fitzroy Square. And this move was particularly ballsy, as policemen almost constantly patrolled the area. Again, just like the last one, the body was dismembered with a degree of skill. And then, just a couple months later, police found the bones of a right arm wrapped up in a parcel with two full feet. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Two Good full Lord. feet. Yeah. It sounds like just the beginnings of the bodies exhibit. Right. It, the bodies exhibit is so rough. They I, just, uh, I'm just, just the act of, I know it's science and it's curiosity, mm. but if you're slicing human bodies so thin, right. there's no way somewhere on deep inside you're a supervillain. I mean, like, you're <laughs> obviously, you you have a problem. Now, again, in this one, there were no suspects and no identification on the bodies. And for three years, whoever had murdered the first four women, whether it be one man, two, three, or four, stayed quiet, or at the very least, stopped displaying bodies in such an ostentatious manner. Hmm. But in 1887, a year before Jack the Ripper showed up, the first of four torsos would be found floating in the Thames River. The first was pulled from the waters near the village of Raynham. The remaining parts showed up here and there around London over the next two months. Just like the first body found, they were able to reconstruct it, but also, like before and with everyone to come after, no head was found, making it nearly impossible to identify using Victorian forensic techniques. They gotta find these heads. And the next body part, an arm, was found on September. September 11th, 1888, but this one was from a different victim. This was just a little over two weeks after the body of Marianne Nichols, the Ripper's first victim, was killed. Now, at this point, the Ripper murders were not the new sensation that they came to be. The Dear Boss letter, in which the killer dubbed himself Jack the Ripper, was still 16 days away from being delivered and 20 days from being published, Mm. so this was not a copycat murder. I feel like was this getting enough press? This it got well, no press. Why was no I, press? I think this is press worthy. <laughs> Just a bunch of body parts being found for what over a series of years. Years, here. yeah. Well, it's very similar to uh, on the Vancouver side of Van- of Canada. These feet that keep washing up. These like severed feet, severed hands keep washing up, and it's uh, uh, it sounds like someone's trying to just get rid of a body. It sounds like there are many well, yeah. people either doing things out of crime, which we saw when we covered Pee Wee Gaskins. Is a lot of times that. It, it's people that not were that maybe not were murdered for specific pleasure, but were they were just trying to get they were either murdered for for some reason and then the body was disposed of like this. Well, as far as these murders being connected to Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. the murder mo has very little in common with the Ripper murders. All this torso stuff. That's not to say there are no similarities. Both were product killers, although Jack had a fair amount of process thrown in there as well. That's saying that Jack is, again, saying that Jack the Ripper was one person. Yeah. Which is probably was multiple people, and it seems like there was many people in the 1888, especially in Whitechapel and the lesser, uh, the lower incomes area of London, there are a lot of people where bad shit was happening to them. Oh, yeah. Both of these men used the bodies in such a way that implies the kill itself was not the reason behind the murder. All they wanted with the bodies. Hmm. For example, let's take a refresher on the insane mutilation of Mary Kelly. Hmm. 
He skinned her thighs and hacked away at the muscle before mutilating her arms in the same way. He opened the stomach and removed the intestines, laying them to the right side of her body. He took out the spleen and set it to the left with the liver being set between her feet. He cut off her breasts and set one by her right foot. The other he set under her head with her uterus and kidneys. The ripper then hacked away at Mary Kelly's face until she could only be identified by her eyes and her ears. I forgot how brutal that one was. Right? Very, very intense. But a part of the reason why is, and I think we, you know, what we've heard about with most people when the corpse is so violated is that it comes from extreme anger. Yeah. That, that, well, that, sure, that, yeah. that sounds like something that is, I mean, you hate this woman, obviously, and you're just doing whatever it takes to degrade the body. Exactly. Mm. Now, conversely, let's take a look at the torso murder. Now, while the skill level is that of a butcher or a knacker. Uh oh. Each of these women were nonetheless dissected carefully. And while Jack did at times exhibit the skills of a surgeon, by the time he got to Mary Kelly, this guy was in full berserker mode. Right. Now, it seems as if the torso murderer never quite made it to that point. Or if he did, no one found the evidence. But while there are differences, there are still other similarities. Both of them enjoyed taunting authority, although Jack was decidedly fancier. Oh. Yeah, he wrote letters. Naturally, you know, yeah, yeah. Dear Boss, From Hell, so on and so forth. That's right. But the Thames truncator left something far more gruesome and primitive. The worst Jack sent was a kidney. The torso murderer left actual bodies. What was this? It was a strange time then. Van Gogh. <laughs> he was cutting off his ear, sending that to people. What's it going on? It also seems like... Uh... Like a fucking werecat. Yeah. Like how like a cat leaves trophies for you almost, where it's like because they're so big. And uh, you can also imagine something like this would be a great uh, side lateral plot to an Alan Moore-like werewolf cartoon, sure. werewolf comic book. Yeah. And the most daring of all these leavings was on October 2nd, 1888, when the torso murderer left the full torso of a woman at the construction site where England was building the new Scotland Yard, essentially police headquarters. Wow. Whoever this killer was, he managed to make his way onto the construction site and leave a parcel with the torso of a woman inside. My goodness. I mean, I mean that whole thing, that had to have weighed at least 50 pounds, if not more. Right. Yeah, a person's torso makes up about half of your body weight. Yeah. Unless you're me. Where my legs are probably about fifteen pounds because they're so small. <laughs> they are, and tiny. I'm all torso. Yeah, but you're you, in the the Robotnik. I'm all torso too. Yeah. Our legs are about the same height if you look at the pictures. <laughs> my question is: is where does he get a bag so big? Yeah, because he didn't have Costco then. Because really, now yeah. is the only way I would use that is if I had the bag of one of those big like dog food bags. That's really the only thing that could fit a torso. One of those IKEA blue bags, perhaps. I, I mean, honestly, how the heck do you do it? Brown paper and twine. Ah, mm. uh, I forgot that more <laughs> people were kidnapped by sack in that time period. Brown paper and. Wine. The killer, or possibly the killer's her- helper, made his way down to the basement and left the package in a vault that had been left open. The package sat there for three full days before anyone found her, and medical examiners reckoned she'd been dead anywhere between six to eight weeks mm. before that. So it's pretty decomposed at that point. Uh, yeah, pretty damn decomposed, so, yeah. yeah. And of course, she was never identified. And again, when the case went to jury, the verdict that came back was just, found dead. Well, that's we know that. <laughs> yeah, 
They must have really used that stamp yeah. quite a bit in 1888. Where are they getting these We jurors? found her dead. <laughs> she was probably alive at some point, and when what? we found her, she was dead. So yada, yada, yada. They're going to use it later in a lovely show called Seinfeld. Case closed. Yeah, these jurors are not doing a very good job here. Well, I, figured, I guess there's not a lot to go with. Well, I figured they were probably pushed into this because, oh. you know, this body was found in the new Scotland Yard, mm. and they didn't want that on the books because right. that would it would be on the books forever that you know a murder happened in the new scotland yard before it was even done being built right so i would imagine that found dead was pushed just a little bit yeah they had a little uh mud on their face a little bit of mud yeah now after that the ripper murders played out with the aforementioned murder of mary kelly but the torso torpedo wasn't done yet Wait, Is hold this on. what you're calling him? Did you just you're calling him the, the torso torpedo? How'd you bury the lead on that, Marcus? Torso torpedo sounds like a pro wrestler. Yeah, the torso torpedo. Okay, I guess so. But the only way I, I, he wasn't throwing the torsos in a torpedo-like yeah, fashion. Yeah, I feel like if he was killing people with torsos, that's how that would, I would call him the torso but, torpedo. We'll give it to you. Thank you. He was not done yet, as on June 4th the following year, police pulled a section of a torso out of the Thames near Horsley Down. The- <laughs> it's just like, they just name these towns, man. It's like, what? what's the thought process? Horsley Down. Horsley Down. <laughs> Technically, pulling a Horsley Down means sleeping while standing up, oh. like horses do. <laughs> Then the left leg was discovered, followed by the thigh, abdomen, liver, rest of the torso, neck and shoulders, right foot and leg, left foot and leg, and so on and so forth, all in different locations in the River Thames. I don't think anyone should go swimming in this thing. <laughs> no, Do they swim in no, it? it's like going no. swimming in the East River. No, but even back then? Oh, back then. I, I think actually it was probably worse back worse, then okay. with all the industry and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, they, I, if I were to guess, I don't know this for sure, but I'm, I would guess that all the slaughterhouses and all that in uh, London just dumped all their sluice over into the river. Well, I'm just going to yeah, predict. Yeah, and, and all of the fucking uh, dump pails yeah. get dumped in there too. Yeah, I'm willing flows. to bet that there was one kid who loved swimming in <laughs> and we got to talk to that kid. Yeah, the pig. Pen of 1888, which probably makes him the dirtiest human that ever lived. <laughs> it's possible. And in a bit of pitch black humor, one of the body parts was thrown over the fence of Mary Shelley's estate, possibly as a cheeky nod to her book Frankenstein, which was quite popular at the time. Okay. So it was a bit. <laughs> this whole thing. Well, at least that part of it was a bit, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> at the same time, it just feels like someone who's willy-nilly tossing body parts about isn't is checking addresses. That's all <laughs> And he's just throwing about. things over his shoulder like he's fucking Johnny Appleseed, <laughs> but it's with fingers and fucking toes. I have no idea what they were thinking. Then finally, on September 10th, 1889, almost a year to the day after the second body was found, the wrapped torso of a woman was found under a railway arch on Pynchon Street. Like the others, the head was missing, but this time, for whatever reason, the arms were still attached to the body, which somehow makes... I don't know why that's the creepiest one all for me. Yeah, with like the arms attached? Like, just a torso attached? with the arms still attached. Yeah, yeah, that's really very creepy. They're yeah. all, it's all pretty creepy. It's all pretty creepy, but for some reason, yeah. that's the creepiest one. Okay. Now, out of all six of these women, only the fifth victim was identified. Her name was Elizabeth Jackson. And that may be why these murders are known only to a few crude, true crime buffs and ripperologists. We don't have the names, and we don't have the stories, so we don't have the lives. All we have 
are parts, which unfortunately means most people will never know about the Tim's Torso Murders. Wow, until now. They tried to roll some of these into Jack the Ripper, correct? Yeah, they tried. I mean, I, I found all this stuff on the Jack the Ripper casebook. It's, I think most people, uh, most sane Ripperologists, uh, believe that there was just another guy around. It just, I dare yeah. you to do a mental survey of <laughs> of the main Ripperologists and find the most sane ones. I because I feel like it drives you crazy. <laughs> I went to the Jack the Ripper Museum mm-hmm. in uh, London, and the uh, woman who ran it was extremely nice. All right, and she seemed very she seemed very well balanced. Okay. They have to be nice. They're trying to keep people in the fold. <laughs> it's like people who work for steampunk outfit shops. They have to be very friendly. You better. Well, there it is. Fascinating stuff. Oh, yeah. You know what I think? What? It's not nice. No, it's not. It's not nice at all. Not at all. My gosh. What do we want to do here, Marcus? Uh, I guess, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back with Jonestown Part 2. Uh, part this, yeah, Part 2. Part this, two? Yeah, this uh, this Friday. Oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah, there's a little, little mini thing for you. That's it. Yeah, it's, a little, it's not going to fuck with uh, the uh, release of episodes. You're still going to get a no. full episode this week. So, yeah. It's hope a you, bonus. I'm, hoping we do, hope you I'm actually it. hoping we do a lot more of these. Yeah. yeah. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gene. Hail me. Oh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter and all the bullshit. Follow Henry Loves You at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel. Follow us on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel, the number one. And follow last podcast on all of the bullshits at LP on the left. Magoostalations. Mm.